Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hey, happy Tuesday, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to share a cup of coffee with me and to hang out with me as we discuss the scriptures. But I want to know what you guys think about the new intro before we begin, because it took me so long to make that stupid intro. It took me so long. It probably took me a solid two hours to actually make that intro because I had the music. And if you guys follow the YouTube channel, you'll actually see that the music I used was the same music I used for the introduction video of the P4 Ministries podcast. So I wanted to do use that music and literally state the words that I had used on the video because there was my voice was not in the video, but I wanted to kind of remake it. And it took me so long to line up the words with the music while I was speaking it. It took me so long. And then the editing process was just ridiculous. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the new intro because that was kind of irritating for me. But anyway, let's go ahead and discuss Mark chapter 14 verses 1 through 11 today. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version as usual. It was now two days before the feast of the Passover and the unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might seize Jesus by deception and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, because there might be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster jar of ointment of pure nard, very costly. She broke the jar and poured it over his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves, saying, Why has this ointment been wasted? For this might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. So they grumbled against her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want to, you can go and do them good. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burying. Most certainly I tell you, wherever this good news may be preached throughout the entire world, that which this woman has done will also be spoken of for a memorial of her. Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went away to the chief priests, that he might deliver him to them. They, when they heard it, were glad and promised to give him money. He sought how he might conveniently deliver him. So friends, about a year ago, I actually wrote a devotional, two devotionals actually, called the uh, Alive Coloring Devotionals. And they were meant to be like a, almost like a mommy and me kind of devotional, where the adult one would have a more advanced uh, devotional in it and then the children's one would have a less advanced devotional in it and would have less advanced coloring pictures and then the adult one would also have like more advanced coloring pictures in it. So I actually wanted to read out of the adult version of the alive coloring devotional that I did because um, I talk a lot about this particular story in the adult version 
And I thought it might be interesting to go back and look at it and actually read it for you guys. What I had to say about the woman with the alabaster jar here in this devotional. So the devotional, I believe, is the third one in. And it's called Spare Nothing. So here's what it says. It is often a very hard thing to give everything we have to someone. We are afraid it won't be worth it, or possibly we might get burned in some way if we do. It's natural to think this way because of the sin nature. But it is always worth genuinely giving of ourselves to Jesus because he gave himself to us. Only two days before the first day of Passover, Jesus was eating some dinner with his disciples at the home of a man named Simon. Suddenly, a woman named Mary comes in and graciously gives Jesus a beautiful and expensive gift. She breaks an alabaster box filled with sweet-smelling perfume and pours it on Jesus' head. The perfume was so aromatic that it filled the entire room with its scent. In Jesus' day, a perfume like this would have been very expensive. In fact, we read that this perfume was worth a whole year's wages. In today's language, that is similar to gifting a brand new, unused Lexus to Jesus. We aren't sure how Mary acquired such a precious box of perfume, but we do know that she was not greedy with this high-priced possession. She gave all of the perfume that she had to Jesus. This woman could have sold her perfume for a small fortune, worn the perfume herself, or even willed it to her children. But instead, she decided to show her love and her commitment for Jesus by giving him every drop that she had and sparing none. Notice in Mark 14 verse 3, it says that Mary didn't open the jar, but she broke it. Think about how crazy that is. Of the entire precious gift, none was held back. Not even the expensive alabaster jar itself. Though hand-carved alabaster stone alone would have been worth very, very much, this woman, in her dedication, gave everything she had to Jesus, box and all. Mary did such a wonderful and beautiful thing, yet there were some in the crowd who were indignant towards her. One person in particular, Judas Iscariot, was especially angry with her, saying that she could have done so much more with that perfume. He wished out loud, that she would have sold it and given the money to the poor rather than, quote-unquote, wasting it on Jesus. But the fact of the matter was, Judas, who was one of Jesus' twelve disciples, was a very greedy person. He was the treasurer, who often stole money from the treasury for himself. You can read about that in John 12, verses 4-6. through 6. Judas was insincere about his care for the poor. Most likely, he wanted Mary to just sell the perfume and give the money to Jesus and the disciples so that Judas could later steal it away from the treasury. Jesus hears what Judas is saying about Mary and publicly rebukes him. Jesus declares to the entire room that Mary did everything that she could for Jesus. She anointed Jesus' body for his upcoming death and burial. Mary's gift was prophetic. Jesus himself was soon to be given to us as a special gift to us. Jesus declares in Luke 22, 19 through 20, that his body was about to be broken and poured out for all of humanity. The alabaster box was not only a special offering to Jesus, but also a symbol. A symbol pointing us to Jesus and his offering for the salvation of all people. So yeah, if you listen to that entire thing, basically this woman was Mary and we find out about that because this story is actually repeated in, I believe, John. Yeah, John 12, 1 through 8, where they actually name this woman. 
which was Mary. And this was the same Mary that was the sister of Martha, because we actually read in John that Martha was also there. So naturally, this would have been Mary, Martha's sister that actually gave Jesus this beautiful gift. And, you know, Mary was often around. We read about her a handful of times in the New Testament, but she wanted to give this beautiful gift to Jesus. Now, I don't know where she acquired this gift because it does not seem like Mary and Martha were the most well-to-do women in uh, the New Testament. They were probably pretty poor or at least modest. I don't think they had a, a strong income. And they lived together, so it's possible they weren't married either. I don't know if that's for sure or not. Or perhaps one of them were married, but uh, it, they probably came from a very modest household. But Mary and Martha were there in this house with Jesus. And this was the home of Simon the leper. And probably at this point, Simon was no longer a leper. He probably was healed by Jesus. And we hear about Simon the leper also a handful of times in um, the New Testament. So Simon the leper, he probably just still had that name because he had been a leper, but he was now hosting Jesus. He had been cured of his leprosy. Jesus was there in that house. Martha was cooking. And once again, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, <laughs> which is funny. That's often where we see Martha and Mary. Martha's cooking. She loves hosting. And Mary is the person that is just sitting at Jesus's feet or giving Jesus some uh, beautiful gifts or whatever. So Mary wants to give this alabaster jar of pure nard to Jesus. I have no clue what nard is, but it was really, really expensive back in these days. Like I said in the devotional, it would have been worth an entire year's wages, which would have been an extremely fancy car for most of us. That would have been like us going out, buying a car with all the wages we earned last year, a brand new car, and then giving it to Jesus completely unused, unopened even. Maybe there's not even any miles on it. I don't know, besides what it had in the shop. But yeah, that's that's what this gift was. Like, think about how much of a sacrifice this would be. This is a huge sacrifice of giving something like that to Jesus. But Mary wanted to do it. She really wanted to do it. And I do want to mention one thing, though, kind of rabbit trailing a little bit. I say, I keep saying Mary, even though it's not mentioned here in Mark, the woman's name, but the story in John and the one in Mark line up so well that it's very, very likely the same person, unless two very different individuals, very different women gave the same gift to Jesus on the same day in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. <laughs> so that's why I keep saying that this is Mary, even though it's not mentioned here in Mark. It's very likely the same woman. Because uh, John mentions her as Mary. So anyway, Mary dumps the uh, alabaster box of perfume onto Jesus. And she crumbled it away. So the alabaster container itself would have also been very, very expensive. It would have been hand-carved. Alabaster is extremely uh, fragile. So you can break it decently easy. I mean, it's not that fragile. You have to put some force into it. But... It's, it's a stone that would have had to be hand carved and the process to hand carve it from what I read was actually pretty arduous because it was a fragile stone and then the perfume went inside the box and then it all got like sealed up together and then uh, the, the box itself, I'm not sure if 
You could open it, but Mary chose to break it. She chose to break it completely. And this is showing her dedication of giving Jesus this entire gift and holding nothing back for herself, not even the box. Not even a few drops of the of the liquid inside. You know, she didn't just pour a little bit on his head. She gave him the entire gift, top to bottom. And so, um, so anyway, Judas is sitting there in the room, and it's kind of specifically uh, Judas that gets very angry about this, though I don't know if there was a few disciples agreeing with him or whatever. But it mentions Judas twice. It mentions him here in Mark, and it also mentions him in John as well, specifically by name in John, that Judas was the one that got angry that Mary had given this beautiful gift to Jesus. And once again, like I said in the devotional, he was probably mad because he wanted Mary to just sell the perfume and give him, the treasurer, all the money for it. And then he could like dip out of that later on because he was uh very greedy and he was a thief as well so he would uh take a little off the top for himself and i'm sure jesus knew about it but (laughs) but anyway so judas was greedy and he didn't like the fact that mary had given this gorgeous gift to jesus he was indignant about it he was upset he wanted that money for himself so judas is saying under his breath how irritated he is at mary And Jesus hears him because Jesus knows all. He knows the heart. And so he says to uh, Judas publicly, very publicly, he's like, leave her alone. He says, leave her alone. Don't nag her. You always have the poor with you, if that's what you're so concerned about. You always have the poor with you. You're not going to always have me. I've been telling you guys forever that I am about to be crucified and hung on a cross. And yet you guys don't understand. And Mary, she gave me a prophetic gift where she's anointing my body beforehand before I go to the cross. So leave her alone. And then Jesus at the very end says that whenever the good news is preached, this woman will also be talked about which she is. We talk about Mary all the time. We talk about Mary and Martha all the time. Martha often gets a bad rap. Mary is often the good guy that women are always like, oh, you have to be a Mary, not a Martha, which I can I can say a whole bunch about that later on, but because <laughs> I don't completely agree. But anyway, you know, Mary is talked about all the time as this beautiful woman who you know, gave this beautiful gift to Jesus and is constantly self-sacrificing and and stuff like that. So anyway, it says here that uh, Judas Iscariot gets angry that Jesus publicly insulted him or told him to leave her alone. And I've read somewhere that it's possible that Simon the leper was actually Judas's dad. I don't know if that's true or not, but there's some speculation that Simon the leper was actually Judas's dad. So if Jesus is publicly uh, reprimanding Judas, I can imagine that he would have been even more angry if Simon, his dad, who was there, was listening to all of this. It was probably almost uh, shameful a little bit, but to be fair, Judas definitely brought it upon himself. (laughs) So after this, he goes and decides that he is going to... um, team up with the Pharisees because he knew that the Pharisees wanted Jesus. He's going to team up with the Pharisees and he's going to do his best to get Jesus 
handed over to them. I don't know if Judas understood that Jesus was going to be killed. I don't know if Satan had already entered into him. I don't know what Judas thought was going to happen or not, but um, one way or the other, Judas decides to betray Jesus and hand him over to the Pharisees. And that's where we end today. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this particular chapter in the next coming days where we're going to be reading about the Passover dinner and then also Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection in the next chapter or so. Then after that, we're going to be done with Mark. We're going to be moving on to my favorite gospel, which is Luke. So definitely tune into the podcast for the upcoming weeks because I'm very excited about uh, moving into Luke and finishing up Mark, even though I love Mark as well. Don't get me wrong, love Mark also. But Luke is just, I love the way he writes. One of my favorite gospel writers. But anyway, friends and favorite listeners, you know, if this podcast episode has touched you in some way, Uh, then please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it five stars if you liked it and share it on your social media platforms. And also, if you're interested in grabbing a copy of the Alive Coloring Devotionals, go over to Amazon. I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can um, take a look at those and get yourself a nice brand new coloring devotional and maybe get one for your child as well. And you can do them together, one for you and one for your kids over the upcoming Easter season. Easter is only a few months away, so I'm getting a head start with uh, getting my Alive Coloring Devotionals out there. But anyway, guys, you know, have a fantastic rest of your day and happy listening and God bless.